You're listening to Stand Out Get Noticed, episode 281. Hello, Rockstar. Welcome to Stand Out Get Noticed. I'm your host, Christina Cantors. I help professionals and business leaders to build powerful communication skills. You can learn more about our programs at thecmethod.com. Today, I want to share with you my observations on how communication has changed in 2020, as well as my tips for how you can continue to improve your own communication as we, as we move more into a virtual world. Now, as challenging as the current situation may be, you know, there have been a lot of changes happening in 2020. I, I encourage you to view this situation as an opportunity to learn and grow. And that, I mean, that's how I have been approaching it. And so if you are looking to further enhance your effectiveness at work and further develop your communication skills, then this episode is for you. Now, this is my last official weekly episode before I go on maternity leave until the end of 2020. As I record this, I am almost 36 weeks pregnant and getting very round. And I've been told that I could give birth at any time from, well, from a couple of weeks ago, actually. Um, normally, I like to dive right into the podcast content, but just indulge me for a bit here because i I do want to share how I've been dealing with this whole when will I give birth situation. I'll take a couple minutes. So I've never been in this position before where I have a very real deadline, right? As soon as I go into labor, it's game over or game on, however you want to look at it. Essentially, my life as I know it stops, right? I'm going to have to drop everything. And everything I once deemed important will be taking a backseat. And when I say what I deem important, you know, at the moment it's like, oh, I've got to get back to this person and I've got to record my podcast for this week and I've got to brief my, you know, assistant on this. Like all that to me is really important right now, but I know as soon as I go into labor, that's just all going to go completely out the window. So essentially I've got this really firm deadline that is coming up. But I don't know when that deadline is going to occur. And if you've ever given birth before, you'll know what I'm talking about. Knowing, like, it could happen anytime. It could happen today. It could happen tomorrow. It could happen in a week or it could happen in four weeks. And knowing this, and especially when the doctor told me a couple of weeks ago that it could happen anytime from, you know, now, knowing that is not really helpful. In fact, it, has, it can be quite anxiety-inducing. And I did, I did experience some anxiety when I found out that an early labour was likely to happen for me. And I had been worried about, you know, that I couldn't wrap up everything that I wanted to. You know, have I pre-planned three months' worth of content and webinars for, for the academy? Do my clients have everything they need while I'm away? It's, it's all been quite overwhelming and even more so when I think about the fact that I could give birth today. Now, deep down, I know that everything will be fine. It will all work out in the end. But it's that uncertainty that is really difficult to deal with. So you know what I've done? I set myself a date to go into labor. Now, I know it sounds silly, but in my mind, it creates that certainty for me and I have a date to work around. 
So I'll share it with you now. October 9th, that's when it's happening. I put it in my calendar. That is when baby is arriving. Now, of course, I have no idea if that'll actually happen, but in my mind, it just makes it easier for me to set that date and to live my life around that. And anything beyond the 9th is like bonus time, extra time. Yay. So that's what I've been doing. I'd be interested to hear, is that something you've done before? What have you done to make a very uncertain situation more manageable? Oh, and if you are interested to hear me share more about dealing with uncertainty, especially in regards to my pregnancy and some of the stuff I've been going through with it, um, check out episode 265. That's at thecmethod.com slash 265. Okay, let's get into this week's topic. And I'm sharing with you my observations on how communication has changed in 2020. Now, I'm sure that 2020 has been a, a, a real year of change for you. I know for me, it has, even, you know, regardless of being pregnant. I think most of us are working from home at this point in time. And I know a lot of workplaces have had to change the way they do things and the way they communicate as well. So I want to share with you, how many have I got? Three, four, five, six, six things I'm going to share with you today. And some of these things are, I think they're impacting us. They're either impacting us, some are impacting us um, positively and providing new opportunities for us to learn and communicate better. And then there are other things that are really impacting us in a, you know, an unhelpful way, which is something we need to pay more attention to. So firstly, the first thing I've observed in 2020 is how important body language is when it comes to communicating over video. I have had many conversations with clients and when running my workshops as well, that people say, you know, meetings and communicating is harder over video because you don't, you can't read other people's body language. You're not in the same room as them. You can't read facial expressions as easily. And I think this is true. I, I mean, I've seen this in my, in my opinion, this is true. When you see someone on video, you're only getting that little square or that little rectangle of them. You can't really fully understand what they're communicating through their nonverbals when it is over video. So yes, that is a challenge, but it is still really important to think about, well, in fact, it's even more important to be intentional about how you are presenting yourself on video calls. So this might mean that you need to be extra clear in your communication. It might mean that you need to pay more attention to sitting up straight and looking at the webcam, you know, looking right into the camera, it's a new skill that we need to learn. So normally in a face-to-face -face situation, it's easy to look and make eye contact with each person in the room and communicate that way. But on a video call, it's really hard to do that. In fact, to make eye contact with someone, you have to eyeball the camera, which is an object. It's not even a person. So that is a new skill that you may have been working on. And if not, I encourage you to bring that into your skill set. 
to start eyeballing the camera, to sit up straight, be aware of what you're, of how you're presenting on camera. I was running a, a workshop the other day and for a client and one of the participants, when she spoke, she put her, she had her elbow on the table and her her face resting in her hand as she spoke. And I did, I pointed this out to her. I said, you know, when I see someone with their face resting in their hand, it makes me think that they're not engaged, they're not interested or that they're tired or bored and they want to go home or want to get off the call because they're already at home. And she said, oh, I didn't even, she goes, I think that's just my default. I didn't even realize that I was doing it. So these are some things to, to be aware of. Also with the body language in Melbourne, we are all, um, we all have to wear masks when we're out and about. And that makes it very difficult as well, because you can't see people's mouths. So you basically can't see half their face. And when we communicate, oftentimes we are looking at someone's mouth to see, to, to help us understand the words that are coming out, you know, so we're like, that their mouth movements match what they're saying. Yet we don't have that when we're covering, wearing a face covering. So this is where, um, and you know, when you're out and about wearing a mask, you can practice being extra clear in your communication. So projecting a little bit more and slowing down so that you come across less muffled and more clear. You can also start to use your eyebrows and your eyes and your hands more if you're wearing a mask. So it's just bringing more awareness to what are the restrictions you're facing at the moment in terms of your nonverbal communication and utilizing what you do have. If you want to learn more about that, then I recommend you check out episode 259, which is how to, uh, I did a show, an episode, sorry, about how to make the most of your virtual meetings. All right, so that's the first thing. The second thing is I'm seeing more honesty, compassion, and realness in people's communication. And this, I think, is a real positive. I really love this. Aaron and I went for a walk the other day. We went to this French patisserie to get um, like a lemon tart or something. And we walk in and the guy behind the counter says, hi, how are you going? And we said, oh, yeah, pretty good. How's, how's yourself? And he said, well... To be honest, I'm doing as well as I possibly can, considering everything that's going on. And I thought this was really nice. It was refreshing. It wasn't just the standard, oh, yeah, fine, which is what we normally do. You know, before the pandemic situation, you know, you say hi to someone, they normally just say, well, you ask how they are, and they're just like, yeah, I'm fine. And I've had this quite a bit where you ask people how they are, and they will give you an honest response. They'll say, you know, well, I don't know, struggling a bit, bit low energy, but just dealing. And then that leads and and that creates more of a human connection, which I think is often missing, especially in the work context. I met a lady the other day who works for a large company and she said that their CEO had been encouraged to be more human and to share more honest personal stories about themselves and and I thought this was really nice because normally in the work context we think that 
you know, bringing humanness is a sign of weakness. You know, we don't want to show vulnerability. We don't want to share something personal about ourselves. But because everyone is going through such a difficult, uncertain and stressful time, by leaders sharing their humanness and sharing personal stories helps to make the other team members, you know, the other people on the staff feel like they're not alone and that everyone is going through similar challenges. And we don't need a pandemic to, you know, for this to be effective. You know, this type of communication can happen, well, I think it should be happening just anyway. And one thing that I've seen to, that I think is a positive that's come out of the pandemic is that people are seeing the importance of bringing real, honest and compassionate communication into the workplace. This leads me to my next observation, which is that the link between, sorry, the line between personal and professional is being blurred somewhat. Of course, most of us are working from home. And I'm sure you've been on a Zoom call where you've seen someone's cat in the background or someone's small child has come in and interrupted them. And instead of going, oh, that's so unprofessional, how dare you have your cat walk all over your desk, we see the humor in it and we're accepting. We go, oh, isn't that cute? And it it actually, you know, blurs that line because you're seeing someone in their home environment. You're seeing them in their kitchen or their lounge room. And you're getting a little bit of insight into their personal life. Whereas normally, if you were to go in the work, go to work, people often leave all their personal stuff at home and then they go to work and they're like, I'm in the work context and I only deal with work stuff. And we don't necessarily learn too much about them from a personal perspective. And so I think that having this blurred line between personal and professional actually helps us to connect. So similar to my last, the point I made before, it helps us to connect more and understand that we are all human and we are all in this um, together. One of my clients uh, shared a story with me of how she was talking with a manager the other week. And normally he's like very, very business. He's like, yep, get to the point. He's very direct. Um, he doesn't muck around. And she was having this very you know, serious business conversation with him. And his tone was, you know, very direct and serious. And then his four-year-old daughter comes in and says, Daddy, I can't find my toy. And my client was telling me how he immediately turns around and goes, Oh, honey, have you lost your toy? And and he's and the way he speaks to his daughter is, of course, completely different to the way he speaks in a business context. But my client got to see him and how he was with his family. And she said to me, you know, I saw a different side of him. I saw that he, he, you know, he isn't always serious and super businessy all the time. He is, you know, a big softy when it comes to his, when it comes to his kids. So she got to see that human side of him. And I think, I think this is a good thing. Maybe for you, you find you don't like it or you think, oh, I hate that, you know, there's no clear demarcation between personal and, and work. And I know that that can be challenging, um, but that is one of the the positives that I've seen from it. Okay, I want to get specific here about my next point around how I have what I've observed about how communication has changed in 2020. Now that we're doing a lot of meetings online, 
I've found that facilitating meetings, you actually learn to be more directional when it comes to, you know, how you're running that meeting. So for example, if you're in a meeting face-to-face and you say, okay, here's a question I want to put out to all of you. You know, here's an idea. What do you think? It's very easy for people to look around the room because they can read each other's body language. They can see who's about to speak and someone might speak up and then that might conversation might bounce off each other or people might start to interrupt each other or maybe an argument would form. But it's a very free-flowing conversation. On a Zoom call or on a video call, it, this doesn't really happen because it's it's impo- it's impossible for people to talk over the top of each other because then someone just gets cut cut off. You know the video um, the video conferencing software just cuts that person off. So there isn't that same free flow. But what this means as a facilitator, like or if you're running that meeting, you can be very specific and clear in terms of who is speaking next. So for example. When I was part of a, a networking group when, and we were meeting online, we'd often go around the room and introduce ourselves one by one. Now, normally in a face-to-face context, you would say, we're going to go around the room and everyone can literally see who is sitting next to each other. But on a video call, you can't, the order of where people appear on the screen is completely different. So one thing that I have found to be really effective is to be very clear and say, okay, we're going to go around the room and introduce ourselves. John, you're going to go first, then we're going to have Mary. And then John speaks, Mary speaks. And then I would say, okay, Elizabeth followed by Sarah. And actually, and I would actually point out, you know, who is going to speak next. And I found that this works really well to keep the meeting on track. And it also prevents any, you know, confusion or hesitation about like, oh, is it me speaking next? What now? So it keeps the meeting flowing. So this type of really clear, direct communication, I believe, is a great thing for you to practice now while you're using, while while the virtual nature of our meetings kind of forces you to do this. But this is something you can bring in to your in-person meetings when, you know, if you are, when we go back to, you know, meeting in person you can you know, bring in that very clear directional way of communicating into those types of in-person meetings. And there's other things as well, but that was one of the key things that I've noticed that we've had to change about the way we communicate, especially on video calls. All right, the next thing I want to share, so that was one, two, three, four. Okay, I've got six, so this is the fifth one. And it does relate back to the the video calls as well. And this is sort of, this is something that I see as being a, being a bit of a negative and it, it's about, it's around having too many phone and video calls. Um, I know that I certainly experienced what people are calling zoom fatigue earlier in this year when, you know, the only way of communication is through video call or phone call, there's no, there's none of this walking by someone in the office and having a quick catch up in the kitchen or bumping into them in the hallway and having a quick conversation there. There's less of those. In fact, all your meetings have to be pre-planned. 
you know, you set up a Zoom invite, you send it off so you know you're having that chat. It's not like an ad hoc conversation. And I know people, one of my friends, he's a a psychologist and he does a lot of facilitation of, of trainings. He's literally on eight hours of Zoom calls a day and it is exhausting for him. And I'm sure that if you do a lot of Zoom, uh, video calls, you've experienced this as well. So something that I encourage you to do, here's my tip. Well, firstly, reduce the number of meetings that are unnecessary. Well, I should say that again. Eliminate any unnecessary meetings if you can help it. You need to protect your own energy. If you notice yourself getting fatigued and perhaps burning out, because you just had too much screen time, then you need to be aware of this and communicate to your team or to your manager or whoever and say, you know what, I'm just not going to attend this meeting. It's not necessary for me to be there. Or maybe do more phone calls as opposed to video calls. At least with a phone call, you're reducing the amount of screen time that you have. And the second thing you can do is to Try to get as much in-person connection as possible. As humans, you know, that that person-to-person connection is so important and it's become more and more apparent to me the longer that we're in lockdown that we do need to have this face-to-face interaction. That's just part of – we're just hardwired for it. I remember the other week I was buying bread. I walked down to the the bakery – and there was a lovely French lady working working there. And I went in and she asked me what I wanted. I said, I'll have the, you know, sourdough loaf. And we had a bit of chit-chat. It wasn't even for, for very long. I think we talked about the weather or something banal. But it was a lovely interaction. And as I left the bakery, I thought to myself, oh, I miss having these small person, like interpersonal face-to-face communication um, opportunities, you know, and even that small interaction made a difference to my day. So if you notice yourself getting fatigued and overwhelmed with the number of video calls that are happening, then I encourage you to do your best to get outside and continue to, you know, chat to people face-to-face. All right, now the last thing I want to share, oh, and this is (laughs) last thing I want to share is around some of the messaging that I've been seeing, which keeps coming up. And I just thought I just have to talk about this. There are so many companies now communicating how much they care. And watching TV, I've noticed this come up in all of the, well, in a lot of the ads. And I get that. This has become part of the messaging now for for everyone, for within companies, for businesses. It's all about, you know, we're here to support you. We care about you. You know, what can we do to help? Blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of that. And I find it's really getting overused. One of my favorite ads in terms of like how ridiculous it is, is like, is I saw this ad for McDonald's and they were advertising McDonald's drive through. And they were saying, keep your family safe. Come to McDonald's drive-thru. You know, so the whole thing was, 
We offer contactless drive-through pickup of our food. Protect your family and, and their health. And I'm like, oh, McDonald's, you care about my family and my family's health. Aren't you lovely? Feed us the horrible, chemically-fueled burgers and artery-clogging fries, but you still care about me and my family. McDonald's? It's hysterical. There's another ad by Commonwealth Bank where they have – it's like, this is Natalie and she's working from home and they've got, you know – all the different staff showing them in their home, like in their kitchen, saying, you know, we're here working from home and we care about you as well. It's really funny. It's like, you know, we know that banks don't give a crap about any of us. Um, Another one, the last one I want to share with you is um, there's this ad that I've been seeing where they've got um, small business owners sitting on, you know, a stool and saying, you know, I'm John and I'm a wine grower. So they've got all these like stories and faces of like smiling regional business owners. And then at the end, it comes up with the logo, Visa, helping your business. And I was like, oh my God, Visa, you care so much. Oh, look, contactless payments. Oh, look, remote payment. Oh, Visa. Thank you so much. You care so much. It's hysterical. Anyway, my point is the message of we care, I believe, is seriously getting overused at the moment. And yes, it is important to show that you care. But if you are going to show that you care, please do it in a genuine way. So those were my observations from well, for, for how I believe communication has changed in 2020. And, you know, like I said, It's all about taking this as a learning opportunity and seeing how can you further improve your communication? How can you perhaps manage the challenges that are being thrown at you and to be, you know, be nimble and adaptable and learn to adjust the way that you communicate to make the best of the situation. If you found this podcast valuable or thought-provoking, then please do share it with a colleague or a client or a friend, family member who you would also, um, who you think would, would also find it valuable. And that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. The last official podcast before I go on maternity leave. I want to say a huge thank you to you for being such a, for being a supporter um, this year. It's been so wonderful doing this podcast and I feel so blessed that I get to share this with you and to help you to improve the way you communicate and improve your your leadership as well. So I thank you for all your support. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't yet already so that you don't miss out on any announcements or any bonus episodes that come out. Um, Otherwise, I will see you officially in 2021. Well, it might be a bit earlier than that, but I'm not going to promise anything. We'll see how we go. I'm Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. <laughs>